This is the Common Sense Podcast presented by Tamar. I'm your host, Tamar Weinberg, founder and CEO of Tamar, and I will be talking to people of all walks of life who have suffered adversity and overcome to rise above the ashes and now make self-care and wellness an absolute priority. Hi, everybody. Today, I think I'm at episode 38. I don't even know. I lost track. And I have a really, really, really old friend who, funnily enough, I had to ask him how to pronounce his last name because I've seen it, but I have not ever pronounced it. It's Nick Ayers, A-Y-R-E-S. What would you think to pronounce it as? I'm not going to let, I'm not going <laughs> to just let your imagination go wild. Thank you so much, Nick, for joining. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. And yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a, maybe more common to see it spelled a little bit differently, but um, I'm glad you now know how to pronounce my last name. So if nothing else out of this podcast, you, you know, you, you gain that little tiny tidbit. So. Yeah, yeah. You always have to know about those heirs out there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So tell me, where, where are you based and what are you up to these days? Yeah, so I am currently uh, based in Atlanta, actually just north of Atlanta in the suburb, um, but have been here for um, almost 15 years now, or I guess a little over 15 years. So my family and I live live here um, and have been just doing the corporate marketing uh, thing for the for the last, like I said, 15 or so years here in Atlanta. I grew up in, in the Midwest and lived in Nashville for a while, uh, but have been, have been here in Atlanta. Um, and have been really pretty much hunkered down with with COVID, uh, like you know, like a lot of folks for sure. But um, enjoy, enjoy Atlanta. Enjoy. Um, my wife is from from Nashville, and so we we definitely have a lot of roots uh, in the South. But um, it's uh, Atlanta is a great place. Awesome, awesome. So I know one of the things we were talking about is uh, in in the context of the Common Sense podcast is that we talk about your career trajectory and how it's sort of unlikely and you say you're in corporate marketing but it has kind of evolved so give me a little bit of that story yeah uh it's definitely been a um a windy and interesting journey for myself so as i mentioned real briefly i grew up in the midwest so i grew up in kansas um in topeka which is the capital but it's still a relatively small you know town of about 150,000 or so um and i I uh, got my undergraduate degree at a small state school in Kansas, um, primarily, honestly, um, because I did college debate, uh, which is kind of a you know whole other sort of you know realm of of my personality. But spent four years in high school and four years in college doing debate, and had the opportunity to debate at a really high level um, at a program in, at a at a small state school that just happened to be one of the the top debate schools um, in the nation. So that was a really interesting experience for me. But at the same time, while I was doing debate, um, I was also doing music stuff um, and was studying uh, marketing. So I've been a, been a musician my whole life. I'm a classically play, uh, trained pianist who played jazz in college. Um, and so sort of had these like dual paths of like, I'm going to do debate um, and I'm going to study marketing, but I also have this music passion on the side. And so ultimately when I graduated with my degree, um, I had always thought that if I was going to take a, t- a time to try to do something professionally with music, that it would be wise to go ahead and get my degree and then do that after college. And so um, I just decided, you know what, now now's a good time. I didn't have anything sort of holding me in Kansas and I knew more people in Nashville than I did in LA or New York. Um, and so I made the decision to pack up my car and move to Nashville um, <clears throat> and to pursue music professionally. And so I spent um, a handful of years in Nashville doing just that. Um, did was in a band, got to play a fair amount, did some studio work, um, sort of all of those fun things. 
Um, but at the same time, was also, you know, again, sort of on the side at that point, pursuing business, um, working for a really small magazine publishing firm. And so was kind of exercising that other side of my brain for, for several years. I mean, really enjoyed that experience, but ultimately, um, you know, didn't, didn't get rich and famous, didn't make a million dollars. And so decided it was time, um, to, to transition and to try something different again. And so, um, in 2003, um, my then wife, um, or my wife at that point, we'd just been married um, about a year and a half. We decided to move to Atlanta to pursue my MBA uh, at Georgia Tech. And so that's how we landed in Atlanta. And so I spent the next two years doing full-time MBA and then landed in, in corporate marketing. And, and so um, it didn't you know, know much about social media at that point, for sure. Social was really just kind of you know, in a very early stages, like things like Second Life and, you know, a few message boards and those sorts of things. Um, but the roles that I were in, I was in early on at the Home Depot really afforded an opportunity to sort of play in some of those spaces. And then um, the last sort of non-social role I was in at Home Depot was a content marketing role. Um, and if you know anything about Home Depot, one of their big sort of premises is they want to help people do projects themselves to do DIY projects. And we had this great video content that was buried on our site um, and that very few people were able to find unless you knew exactly what you were looking for. Um, and again, I, it was a, a, a content library that I was in charge of. And about that time, this new platform called YouTube had just started to, to make some noise. And so we were like, what if we put up some of our video content or DIY content on YouTube and let's see what happens. Um, and it really just kind of took off from there. And it kind of more, you know went from, hey, let's just talk about YouTube to, hey, let's think about Twitter and Facebook and sort of all the other platforms um, and really, again, went from being a sort of a small part of my job to the, the core of it, building the social strategy for home for, you know, for Home Depot. Um, and just from there, it's, it's been, you know, pretty heavy and social uh, from there. They're both at, you know, IHG, which is a big hospitality firm, and then lastly at, at Georgia Pacific. So, um, you know, I've always had an interest in passion and marketing and creativity. And so I think those have served me well, but it's definitely been a winding road of like, Hey, first we're going to do some, you know, some more analytical stuff with debate and marketing, and then we're going to do some music stuff, and then we're going to sort of switch back to marketing and innovation. And so um, it's been a, been a lot of fun, and definitely not a, a straight line trajectory that you might see uh, some folks take. That's awesome. So let me ask you. I, I'm trying to remember. Like, I mean, you know, it feels like I guess for you as well in your Home Depot days, like it feels like like a couple of lifetimes ago. I, I think we and I, I, you know, I spoke to Justin about this also. Um, Justin Levy from a previous, uh, he was also a previous podcast guest. Do you, you, we, I did cover you for in in my book. Is that correct? You did, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you're right. It does. It does feel. It feels like feels like ago. eons ago. Yeah, it's like, crazy. I don't even remember that life anymore. It's such a crazy story. It's such a insane, insane story. But I didn't realize that you came from such a a different type of background. here. like it's so eclectic, if you will, like coming from music to marketing, from M to M. Yeah, I, I think the it, it it is right. It's funny when I tell people about it, they they have sort of similar reactions. Um, I, I think the common thread, at least as it's as it's sort of gone so far, has has been that sort of um, kernel of innovation and creativity. And uh, I don't want to say novelty, because um, certainly social isn't that, but like sort of exploring new areas and new ideas um, and and figuring out how to to bring those to life. Um, whether that's again sort of you know in music. Um, or, or in business, um, there's definitely been, you know, part of my personality that's always been, you know, interested in and passionate about sort of new creative um, things. And so 
Um, it's funny, I, I, I'll never forget, I was talking to one of our um, career counselors at, um, at Georgia Tech after I had sort of taken the job at the Home Depot. And they were like, I, I never in a million years would have anticipated that you would take a role at a big, you know, at a big corporation like the Home Depot, sort of knowing your background um, and knowing your passions. But when I sort of explained a little bit about the the role and the opportunity and sort of that nuance of like finding ways to do creative things, whether it's, you know, at a, you know, super small business in a band or at a, a giant corporation, that made a little bit more sense. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a it's definitely not a um, not a real traditional path. I, I will say though, I've also noticed, um, and I've actually seen a couple of articles on this, that there are there are a fair number of like musicians or former musicians who have heavied up in social or in digital. I mean, just for whatever reason, like it's an interesting cross section that you see a lot of musicians who ultimately get plugged into that space as well. So um, it's a uh, it's been interesting to again learn backgrounds and to sort of see how people have, have gotten there. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it is interesting. I mean, it's also like why did I go from tech to like wellness or mental health? I guess because everybody these days is going to wellness. But you know, I, my justification is a very very personal story, and I don't typically see many people like you know. The marrying ideas some people are just they kind of forced into it but like yeah yours is obviously your it's a passion mine you know life circumstances put me in this path where i feel like i need to do this uh is it going to be the biggest money maker who knows i would like to think that it could be it's really it's really just it's so interesting to just kind of see where things are um and yeah yeah i i think for me it's been um i think one thing again broad generalizations for sure but uh I think our generations and certainly, the, you know, my kids and, and generations after them, I think, you know, my parents, uh, rightly or wrongly, were more likely to get locked into, you know, a career path or sort of headed in a certain direction. Again, there's lots of, you know, environmental reasons for that and, and certainly personal ones as well. But I think we've we've been fortunate, or at least I was certainly fortunate to to grow up at a time when there was a little bit more flexibility to be able to say like, hey, I'm going to try a few different things um, and know that I, you know, will, even if one of them fails or one of them goes poorly, or even if one of them goes really great, that doesn't mean I have to do, um, you know, have to do this for the rest the rest of my life. And and I, I would say, you know, both on, I guess, sort of the negative and the positive or the, for the failed or, or maybe not sort of reached full potential and, and maybe on the other side of something that has, you know, certainly for music, Again, it's not like, you know, I I ended it with a huge bank accounts or anything like that, but it was a life experience that I would never tra never trade for the world. Um, and I, I feel really fortunate that I got the opportunity to do that and learned a lot of stuff that I think still serves me to this day. And on the other side, I would say, you know, we were just talking about, you know, the beginnings of social, if you will, seeming like eons ago. Um, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm in a position as much as I love social today, you know, I, I, who knows what, you know, the next 20 or, or 30 years will look like for me and whether, you know, you know, do I end up doing something completely different, you know, for, for my, for my next career, um, you know, uh, turn or, or, or whatever. So I, it's, I feel fortunate to be in a place where, again, it's, it's not a situation where I'm locked in to have to do something, you know, for the, for, you know, just do one thing for, for 30, 40, 50 years. Um, and I feel pretty fortunate that, that we're, you know, we live in a time when we have a little bit more of that flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you were an early adopter, like in a social, I mean, social corporate, like that was something that wasn't really a big thing. Hence the coverage in the, in the book. I mean, Oh yeah. 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 It was, it was, I, I, uh, I still, and it's funny, I still get random notifications every once in a while because of 
what I'm about to say, but like I literally press the go button on the Home Depot, the corporate Home Depot Facebook page. And so like I forever will be tied for better or worse to uh, to the Home Depot um, Facebook page. And to your point, that was just because like it was not a thing in, you know, 2006, 2007, 2008. Um, and so had a, had a lot of interesting opportunities that came along with that. But it's funny, it likes that every once in a while I'll get these, you know, random notifications from some, you know, some part of Facebook that's probably long been long been turned off, but is, is still associated with my, my profile or my email. So. Oh, that's so weird. I think yeah. I'm an editor to a brand. I, I, you know, I'm an editor to several brands and I just noticed, I think one of the, I mean, obviously in your, your, your case, it's like a fragment of something like lingering in the background. You probably have no <laughs> access. I mean, I'm sure. Yep. So no, yeah, I don't yeah. have access or anything like that. So, but yeah, that's, that's what makes it, you know, even more weird. It's like, okay, well, I, you know, there's, I'm sure there's some fragment there someplace that's, that's kicking off the notification, but uh, uh, yeah. it's a, a little bit of nostalgia for sure to say, you know, again, to your point, it's, you know, the, 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 the wild west of early days in corporate social. Um, and, you know, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun, but it was crazy times for sure. Right. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I got, usually for me, it's never like that. It's just somebody notices that they had me as a, as an account, like an editor or some sort of account role and they, they removed me and I get a notification like six years after terminated, like relationships has terminated. Oh, you've been removed as, you know, the editor to this page. You've been removed as an administrator to this page. It's kind of bittersweet. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like, yeah. you know, good riddance also. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, um, I, I won't lie. I have a few of those from other companies that I've worked with where I still get notifications as well. And so, you know, it's, it's, um, the, the, the strategist in me and I guess the the social media architect is like, you know, it's part of the reason we talk about things like making sure, you know, you have a good sense of who manages what on your accounts and you've got multiple people that have, you know, admin access, all that sort of stuff. But like it's, it, it also is, a, <clears throat> excuse me, just a sign of how far things have come, right? Like that there are, you know, often tens of people that have access permissions on accounts and like, it's just a lot more complicated uh, than, than it was maybe when we started, you know, 15 years ago. So. Oh yeah, definitely. So, uh, you know, you kind of alluded to this a little bit, but I'm going to maybe just hone in on it very, very briefly. You know, a big part of the common sense podcast we talk about is like your rise above adversity. And you had told me beforehand, you have like, you can't really speak to that point, but I think you kind of can, because right now we're in coronavirus chaos, the craziness that is never ending and I think all of us are kind of facing our own little adversity. So give me a little bit of background about like how you're coping and how you're doing and um, how potentially listeners, myself, how we can help. Yeah, no, it's um, it's definitely an interesting season. Um, you know, and I, I would say uh, we as you know, my family, and I have struggled in, in the same ways that I think a lot of um, a lot of folks have, you know, a lot of uh, need for human interaction, face-to-face uh, -face human interaction um, has been certainly challenging. Um, and I think that is an area where for me personally, like it's sort of a, my, my bent uh, is I'm a fairly traditional um, introvert. And so I, I am maybe less in less need of significant amounts of, you know, face-to-face interaction to every day all of the time. Um, but I would tell you that within my, my family, I've got at least a couple of who are exactly the opposite. And so, you know, there certainly has been a lot of challenge um, just of figuring out what the new normal looks like of how, how do you, you know, maintain a healthy 
mental state for not just for yourself, but also for, for your family. And, 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 you know, again, for me personally, as that has sort of weighed on my wife and then on, on my kids, you know, it starts to weigh on you as well. And so I think, I think for us, you know, I would say, and for me personally, like part of what we um, have been trying to do is, is just to find, find what that new normal looks like for us, like intentionally and not just sort of, sort of live too long um, or for too long in a, in a state of like, okay, well, we don't really know what we're going to do or, hey, let's just, you know, watch Netflix for 20 hours a day or whatever it might be. But let's find a way to get into a new routine, knowing full well that that routine is going to be a little bit different. Um, but let's try to keep some baseline of, of, you know, normalcy in our lives um, and and find, you know, the, the glimmers of, of happiness where we can. So, you know, again, whether that's finding ways to take it outside and, and go take a walk as a family or, or play with our dog or or to, you know, have a little bit more quality time where we do get to watch, you know, a little bit more television and movies or whatever it might be. Like just trying to find ways to keep um, to keep some normalcy for um, for us again, knowing that that will be will be a little bit different. I mean, I think you know, in terms of real specifically, like I've got um, kids are that, that are a little bit older, so basically a couple almost teenage um, teenage girls and then a slightly younger boy. Um, and so again, I think for them, the challenge for us has again also been helping them see sort of to the other side and say, this is this is a season, right? This is a, a, a stretch that we're all, everybody is working through, but know that it's not going to be like this, you know, forever. Um, and so I think trying to keep that perspective has been, has been helpful as well. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. mean, and, and, and so that's, you know, a little bit about how we've been, how we've been thinking through it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's all. It comes down to an attitude. Um, yeah. I, you know, I had a conversation, like I, I've been in, in like, I, you know, I share my story pretty openly about how I've been in depression. I've been out of depression. And somebody recently came up to me and he approached me and he said, you know, my brother's been going through a lot. He's had, he has marital strife. He, we lost our mother last year in 2019 and um, he just had a heart attack and he's super depressed. What can I possibly do? I mean, listen, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not anything, but you know, I'm, I'm, maybe my perspective is helpful. And um, at the end of the day, I think that, you know, he kind of has the trifecta of like all the things that could potentially like, you know, can completely ruin a person's psyche. I mean, listen, and then you have coronavirus on top of that. And I mean, it's never ending. There's always going to be something that happens. Like yesterday I had a pretty bad day. Uh, but like, you know, either I can sit there and I can, and, and I said to him, you know, ultimately it comes down to the word mindset. It comes down to like, when you're, when you have a trifecta of all these bad things and you're ruminating on those bad, bad things, why is it happening to me? Why is it happening to me? It literally consumes you physically. The, yeah. the mental, the mental thought process and the investment in that thought process eventually takes over. That's where depression comes from. That's how my depression has happened. That's how I think sounds like his depression has come from. Again, I'm not like, I'm not medically trained. I was a psych minor in college, so I can't really say, and I, I didn't get that perspective from school. I didn't pursue like depression per se. I pursued a lot of like a little more uh, niche topics, like developmental psychology with little kids. Cause they're yeah. cute. Um, but like, you know, that's like, I, I like to think that, um, depression and 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 maybe this is the most controversial thing i'm going to ever say on the show that depression can be very self-made very man-made in my case it was i think in, in in this individual's case it was because he's like looking at it like my life is over because all these things ha are happening and maybe he's right if he looks at it that way but if, if he, he like coronavirus had the potential to completely decimate me especially because i am pretty fragile emotionally fragile at certain times and yet it did completely the opposite. It lifted me. Like I made me I, I, like, of course it's not, you know, prolonged. It, it's, it, I'm in the same boat. Like I'm introverted. I, 
you know, I did really well in the beginning because like work from home is my, it's, it's my natural habitat and other individuals really, really suffering. And I think to some degree, you know, individuals still are. And I, I'm not, like I said, yesterday was a bad day. There aren't necessarily good, like every single day is great, but you know, it, it, it is about attitude. It is about mindset. And I, I appreciate, and I, I like the fact that, you know, you're, and you're doing exactly what you need to do. Like it's, it's important, especially as parents, when you have children who are so impressionable, especially now you like, you don't internalize this. Is, this is the, this is the end of the world for us. Like this is temporary. And I like, I like that you're saying that and you're giving that, giving off that perspective. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, one of the things that we have, have always tried to do as parents is to paint a, a, a real picture um, of sort of, you know, of our, our relationships and, and our life and sort of what's going on. And maybe said another way, uh, particularly for older tourists, it's easy for them to get sort of lost in the bubble of like, well, all, you know, all my friends' lives are perfect. All I see is their Instagram photos and whatever, and like nothing ever goes wrong. And, and you know, we, they know that that's not true, um, but sometimes it just needs to be like modeled for them as well in our own lives. Like when, you know, they're to your point, like, like candidly yesterday was not a great day for me either. Um, and, and the reality is like for us, we want our kids to see, um, and transparency is probably too strong of a word, but like just the reality of like, look, not everything is always going to be going to be perfect, right? You're, you're going to have struggles. You're going to have challenges. Um, but know that, that that also will come to an end, right? Like it's not, every day is not great and every day is not terrible, but you're going to have days that, that cover both of those. Right. And so we want you to see in sort of the way that so we live that like we're, we find things to do to, to cope with the good days uh, or with the bad days and to celebrate, um, celebrate the good days, right? And so, you know, our hope is, you know, that it's not always gonna, we're not always gonna do it perfectly by any stretch and, and we know our kids are gonna struggle as well, right? But at least we're not sort of, we didn't wanna be a household that sort of lived in this facade of like, well, everything, you know, everything looks great on the outside or whatever, but there's there's lots of conflict, um, you know, internally or whatever, like we, we want it to be as, as authentic and transparent as we could so that our kids could see, yeah, we have, we have challenges and struggles, but you know, we're working on those and we're taking it day to day. And as cliche as, as it may sound, but that's really the way, you know, we've got to approach life. And I think Corona has just heightened that reality of, of you know, again, this is a, you know, a bigger challenge than, than any of us have probably faced or many of us have probably faced. Um, but it's not, you know, it's not going to be the be all, uh, the, the, it's not going to be what ends us. It's not going to be what, you know, what, what sends us, um, way off, way off path. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. Kids are also very re resilient, you know, yeah. my, oh, yeah. like the first day of school, we had in-class school for my children last week. And I was looking at, I was watching the first day video and just looking at their new normal, how they're sitting, you know, it's like not really even six feet apart. It's like 12 feet apart. <laughs> they're mm. so socially distanced and uh, the mask, the pet, you know, the plexiglass, all those things. I mean, it was beautiful, but it really, it made me cry because it's so sad. It's their reality. And yeah. I, I told my daughter this, I'm like, I cried with your video. And she was like, what do you mean you cried mommy? And I said to her, you know, I explained to her what I just said. She said, but I've been wearing a mask for a year. And like her implication is that it's my normal now and I'm okay with it. And I was like, oh, that's so beautiful. But I also feel yeah. like it's so sad. It's still very sad. No, but, I, I hear you on both counts, right? And it, it like it's a it is a great reminder. Like kids <laughs> kids have the have the uh, the uncanny ability to bring um, 
fresh and interesting perspectives to our lives and, and lots and lots of ways. And that's, I mean, I think that that story is a great example of, of, of a way maybe that they help help you see or would have helped me see something in a way that I wanted up otherwise. So. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, they're, they're also so like, they're so empathetic, like, you know, yeah. my, so that was my eight year old, my five year old daughter. I get a call from a teacher on, um, on, you know, earlier this week, just to say, thank you so much. Um, your daughter is such a pleasure. By the way, she didn't want to wear her mask. <laughs> well, and, and, and the teacher's like, well, you know, my, you know, she's like, Kim will get sick if you don't, you know? And she's like, oh, okay, I'll put, on, I'll put on the mask. Like she was very, she understood that she's like, it's, it's protective measure. Like, of course, no, no kid would wear a mask, really. I mean, yeah. one kid, well, then again, the three, the one who's three years older thinks a little differently, but yeah, that's, you know, that the fact is that they do, they, they are starting to get it. And, and I mean, I really just hope it's not a prolonged new normal, but yeah, this is their new normal and they're, they're, they, they're handling, handling it better than we are. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about, I guess, the next thing. Uh, hopefully you're you're at least able to do some self-care in this chaos that we're dealing with. Tell me a little bit about your self-care routine. Yeah. Uh, so I, I have probably a handful of different things that I do. And, and you know, um, I'm fortunate. Maybe maybe I should start by saying yeah, I do um, spend a lot of time on, on self-care. I haven't always been good about that, uh, to be completely honest. Um, but I think as I've gotten a little bit older and maybe hopefully a little bit wiser, it's something that I've learned that just for myself is, is something that I have to do. Um, and, and I think um, that has been, you know, it's a, it's a, a journey for sure, like a lot of things, uh, but it's definitely something that I put a lot more emphasis on, you know, in the last, in the last few years, maybe than I did, you know, previously. Um, I think there are a few things that I do. Um, some of them are, you know, super specific, but maybe have a little bit of applicability just sort of in terms of the principle. So I um, have a couple of things that I do that are like, you know, really, uh, really easy self-care um, things that can really almost be done, um, at least right now, since we're at home at any time, um, for whatever reason. Um, and I we talked about sort of the musician aspect uh, previously. Um, there are two things that I've always been able to do since I like for, for as long as I can remember that really just sort of helped me get a level of calm um, and really kind of recentered me. One was just sitting down and playing the piano. And the second, as strange as it may seem, is playing basketball, even just like shooting baskets by myself. Um, and so, so let me interrupt you before you start yeah. saying that. So exercise out of depression is a very common thing. In fact, there's a yeah. subreddit EOLD. So don't feel like, you know, that sounds a little strange because it definitely doesn't. Keep going. Yeah, I, I know. So, and that's, that's, that is great to know, and I think um, definitely exercise broadly is something that I've, 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 you know, tried to be better and better at the older and older I've gotten. But um, so those two things, um, I'm fortunate to have, you know, again, uh, not a not a like grand piano or anything like that, but have a piano that I can sit down at and play, um, you know, with headphones on. Really, like literally, it's in our in our office, um, and so I can sit down and do that at, at any point, which is. Again, it's just a nice, um, a nice thing to be able to do that for me, even if it's for 10 or 15 minutes, just kind of like resets me and can and can call me. And the same goes with with playing basketball. We we're fortunate to have like the neighborhood we, we live in has basketball court that's like a two minute walk from our house. And so, you know, I, I was actually down there last night, um, just, you know, just went down for like 30 minutes just to shoot some baskets. And it's just one of those things that that really. Um, just sort of returns me to a place of, of sort of peace and, and normalcy. Um, so I think that 
those, you know, there, there are a handful of those sorts of things that I've been able to find that, again, can be just like little, you know, um, investments of time um, that can really can really pay big dividends. Um, beyond that, one other thing that, you know, as my wife and I have learned, so we've been married um, almost 20 years now. And as we have continued to, to learn about one another, I think um, we've you know, started to realize uh, where where we are different, but also sort of what the other needs out of that. And I say that to say, um, my wife um, will sometimes take our kids to go see her parents for a weekend, um, or they, again, they live in Tennessee, so it's about four hours from here. Um, and actually, we got um, uh, some time off here in about a week when she's gonna do the same thing, where she will, because I'm an introvert, because like it's really hard, particularly <laughs> right now, for there to be that true sort of, like as much as I think introverts appreciated um maybe the early sort of you know isolation that corona brought with us or brought with it um it's still when there are five people in a house all making a lot of noise and all doing a lot of stuff um it's not like introverts are really getting a lot of time to, to recharge and so uh, one of the things that my wife will do again very you know occasionally you know a couple times a year or whatever is we'll just she and the kids will go someplace for a handful of days and will give me just that space to, to literally decompress to recharge without having to worry about, you know, um, kids responsibilities or work responsibilities or whatever it might be. Um, so that's one of those things that for me, you know, again, it's not, you know, I honestly, um, when we tell our friends about it, sometimes like, they're like, really, you, you trust that, you know, you know, your husband's going to be at home or whatever. And like, I literally like, she just laughs because it's like, I literally will sit at home, like do a puzzle or do a couple puzzles. We'll read some books like we'll do some exercise like that. That to me is what vacation um, and, and resetting looks like. Um, and so, you know, on the flip side, right. I also, um, you know, my wife will do girls weekends a couple of times a year. And so that's one of those things where, yeah, maybe you know, that I'm taking on a little bit more responsibility or whatever, but for her as an extrovert and someone who just really like gets recharged off having you know, lots and lots of you know, physical interaction. Um, those are the things that, that work for her in terms of self-care. And so, it's some kind of a, you know, although they're completely opposite, it's the same principle of like finding ways with your with your partner or your spouse um, to be able to have that that time that you need to recharge. Um, and then the last one quickly, um, you know, a little bit more sort of communal community based. Um, we are fairly plugged into um, to our church, um, which is something for us that's, is, is super important. Um, and we, you know, just have a group around us who. Um, we can have, you know, real conversations with uh, who we can can speak honestly to. Um, and it's something that for us uh, has really helped us in times, frankly, both good and bad, to be able to just have, you know, again, a community of like-minded people um, who we can can be honest with, who we can pour into, um, and who can can be there for us uh, when we need them. And so, you know, I, I think the, the summation is like, there's not one thing. And if you've got one thing, you probably need a couple of more because there's going to be times when, you know, when I, I can't just, you know, curl up, you know, in the office for, for three days, um, if we've got lots of stuff going on. Um, and if that's the only solution that you have, um, it's going to cause some problems. So I would just encourage people to find, find a few different ways to, to think about self-care um, so that you've got different options available to you, you know, when, it, when it's something that you need. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I also love the relationship. Like, I mean, there's clearly a, sen a semblance of like loyalty there. I yeah. think that's great. I think that's amazing. Yeah, it's, um, again, it's, it's, it, I, it's certainly not, you know, for my wife and I, and not something that we got to, you know, out of the gate. Um, 
but you know, as, as you grow and as you get, you know, you, you deepen relationships and all those sorts of things, like, uh, it, it's, a it's definitely been, uh, been, you know, a blessing to have. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. Cool. Awesome. So let me, let me ask you, I guess a final wrap up question, if you will. Uh, the question is, if you can tell an earlier version of Nick, give him a piece of advice, what would you tell him? That is a good question. Yes. Uh, I, I would say... Uh, What's your common sense moment? I think for me, it, honestly, it, it probably comes down to um, not sacrificing your self-care time for your professional ambitions. Um, and so, you know, in the early days, it's funny, I was, I was literally just thinking about this um, for uh, a, a presentation that I'm given um, here coming up. And, and I think, you know, th there's there's always a delicate balance between, uh, uh, for me at least, has been a delicate balance between like grinding stuff out, working super hard, giving it your all, um, and, you know, things like <laughs> not sleeping as much um, or working, you know, uh, working a whole lot. And I think I definitely erred on the side of just pushing myself too hard when I was when I was younger. And I think although I was fortunate to come out, come out of that on the other side, not not too messed up, um, I think it's really easy to fall into a mode where um, you lose sight of, of that need for self-care and that need for um, finding ways to sort of keep yourself balanced. Um, and so I, I would, I would encourage my younger self to continue to be passionate and continue to, to follow the ideas and the things that interest you, but to do it, um, sort of juxtaposed against a balance of making sure that you're still taking care of yourself. You're making good choices. You know, you're getting sleep, you're getting exercise, all those sorts of things. Cause I think the long-term, um, for long-term sustainability, um, personally, like, and you need that, you need that balance. Um, and it's not something that, um, is going to happen naturally. Um, you're going to have to be intentional about it. And I think if you decide to be intentional about it, it absolutely can be done, but you've got to make that decision. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. Cause you know, I look back and I, it, I, when I asked you the self-care question, I was reflecting on my own past and I don't think I would have known how to answer that question two and a half years ago. I have no yeah. idea what my self-care would have been. But now I figured it out, and 100% it's totally diversified. Yeah, and I, I think, like, I mean, I would say probably the similar things, right? Like, I, it maybe, maybe a, um, I mean, I've always, I've always enjoyed exercise, but I think I undervalued how important that is to my mental well-being for for many, many years, right? It was just one of those things. Like, I guess in some ways, unfortunate because it was like I enjoyed it, and so it meant that I did it, um, but the sort of benefits that it kicks off and that I can recognize now that it kicks off um, for me personally and frankly for, you know, for my family because of my like mental state, because I exercise all those sorts of things. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's incredible um, to see what, see what that can bring. So yeah, it's, it's, um, it's one of those things that I, like, as you, you called out, right? Like just when, when you, when you really start to think about it and start to be intentional about it and, um, and, and think about, hey, what, what does self-care look like? <clears throat> that often is really just the first step down um, down a, a path that maybe, again, you didn't even realize you were doing or weren't, you know, or, or didn't realize you weren't doing, but once you realize it's something that you need to do, it's hard to, 
to not be super intentional about it. So yeah, it's funny. I hate fitness. I completely hate exercise, but at the same time, you know, I know it's important. So that's why I do yeah. it. <laughs> so yeah. It's funny. Like, you know, I hate the moment of doing it, but obviously I hate, I, I appreciate the results. So, so yeah. anybody yeah. who wants to do it and is like, Ugh, I wouldn't like doing it. Look at, think it, think about it in that perspective. So no, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. So where can our listeners find you? Uh, the easiest place uh, is on Twitter. It's probably of the social networks, the one that I spend my most time on. So my handle is um, Nick J. Ayers. So my first name, N-I-C-K, the letter J, and then my last name, A-Y-R-E-S. So I am still pretty active there. Um, I'm also on Instagram and TikTok and a couple of other places um, with that same handle. Um, I don't have a blog or anything, but feel free to connect on LinkedIn or, or on Twitter if, if we're not already um, connected uh, for any of your listeners. So, um, yeah, that's, that, that's probably the, probably the easiest ways. And then, um, then we can, can go from there. Cool. Cool. Thank you so much, Nick. I really, really appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's been, um, it's been a great conversation and I really appreciate all that you're doing on this, on this uh, podcast and on this front. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Thank you all again for tuning in. This is your host, Tamar Weinberg of the Common Sense Podcast. Till next time, 